You are listening to Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga, a podcast designed to explore yoga philosophy and psychology, moving beyond the mat and into the world. How can we connect mindfulness and psychology and apply them to everyday life? My name is Jen, I am your host, a world-traveling yoga instructor, mental health and business consultant, and the founder of Connect Home Yoga. Every week on the podcast, we will be exploring different topics and self-coaching techniques. We will occasionally be welcoming brilliant guests from around the world to discuss with us. So join me as we wander the heart, the mind, and the world on this podcast. Wherever you are on your journey, I'll meet you there. Hi everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga. I hope that you're all doing well. It's almost the end of May, and there has been so much going on with this whole pandemic and all of that. And I remember at the very beginning when this had happened and everybody was going on lockdown, it seemed like there was no end in sight, you know, and slowly but surely things are starting to go back to normal now and it's offering a little bit of hope, isn't it? Right? So things are starting to open up again in places. Uh, I know here in the UK, some things are starting to open up again. Um, Things are starting to, yeah, happen again. I guess the world is going back to normal a little bit and, uh, and it's quite nice, you know, um, and I know in Canada as well, there have been some some changes. And honestly, in Europe, like mainland, <laughs> mainland Europe right now, uh, I know Slovenia is opening their borders. Croatia is opening their borders. Uh, Slovakia, I believe, Germany, uh, mostly to countries that that are surrounding them. But uh, yeah, so things are starting to happen. And uh, it just finally, it feels like finally there's like something has given, right? Like something has happened and it's nice to know. And I think, you know, for the past two months, it's just been so chaotic. It's been so, you know, uncertain and intense, but for better, for worse, I do feel like we found a new normal, all of us. And I do feel like we've been like reconditioned now. Like it's almost hard to remember what life was before (laughs) COVID-19 and now here we are like during COVID-19 and entering the whole, uh, the whole new chapter thing of what the normal will be now with COVID-19. And, uh, it's pretty interesting to, to notice. It's pretty interesting to, uh, to look at. Um, but I don't know, sometimes I try to look at the whole two months and just think to myself, like, wow, how did we, (laughs) how have we made it here? It's actually been almost three months, right? Like, I think we went on lockdown here in the UK, like mid-March and now, I think it's going to be about two and a half weeks before Thomas and I fly out. Um, so yeah, by the time we fly out, it's going to have it's going to be three months. Um, so right now, I think it's about two and a half months that we've been on lockdown, or as in that it's been, you know, that we've had the restrictions and all of that. Um, but yeah, pretty much on lockdown. Um, it's yeah, and we've been really lucky because the weather's been absolutely amazing. Uh, in fact, too hot sometimes and not enough rain, so it's quite humid at times. But uh, but the, the evenings are, are most of the time cooler and the early mornings, so that's nice. But um, we don't actually have aircon in the house, so it can get pretty hot <laughs> in here if we don't if we don't circulate the air properly. So yeah. So I think that's been keeping us afloat. The really beautiful weather has been keeping us going. Um, and obviously we live, like I said, for those of you who don't know, but we we don't live like in city center, like in London City. We live a little bit um like in the outskirts of London, right? So it's quieter here, a lot less crowded. And um, yeah, it's just really nice. So we have like lakes nearby and parks and stuff like that. So it's actually been okay, even when it was like peak lockdown, you know, uh, to be able to walk around and, and at least get some air, go for a walk, exercise, you know, whatever. So 
Yeah, it's been okay. It's been okay. I I don't usually talk about COVID nineteen on the show except for that initial episode where it was like the very beginning and I was talking about some ways to declutter and <laughs> be mindful and all that. But I haven't talked about it much. And um, yeah, I think it's because sometimes I think it's important to also put our minds to something else and to focus on all the other things going on. Um, but I thought, you know, given the circumstances and given the fact that it's been a while, I thought I would just check in and see you guys are doing about the, how you guys are doing about that. And uh, yeah, and just maybe talk about it a little because I do genuinely feel like we're, we're, we're coming out we're starting to come out of the woods does that make sense is that too ambitious I'm not sure <laughs> but we're starting to finally cross over into a new reality and uh and I think it also helps that Thomas and I are going to be flying out soon um for those of you who are in the UK and thinking of flying out to mainland Europe you can do uh, for those of you who want to go to Croatia I can't speak for every other country that you might want to go to on holiday but Croatia is a quite is quite a popular destination um, in Europe and well in the world but especially in Europe a lot of Germans and English and you know uh, people go to Croatia so I just wanted to let you know that if you are planning on going to Croatia soon uh, and you live in the UK right now right now this obviously changes daily, but right now, renting a car, you can rent a car within Europe. We did find a car that we could rent from the French border, so like right after the Euro Tunnel in Calais, that you can get a car from France to split. And it's less than 24 hours, actually, the drive. It's not that bad at all. Um, I know it sounds like a lot, but I don't know. I guess it's relative. To me, it didn't. It doesn't seem like a lot. Um, but then again, I really do like road tripping, so maybe it's you know it's it's personal taste. But uh, yeah, you can do it in about twenty something hours, and you can actually get all the way through. So you'd go France, Belgium, Netherlands, uh, Germany, Austria. Slovenia, Croatia. So you can do that. Uh, another thing that they're doing right now is that uh, London, you can fly to Frankfurt and Frankfurt to Zagreb. And I do believe, which is the country capital, you know, um, which is not going to be the border, uh, the, the coast though. So Zagreb is more north. Um, but I think soon they will be starting uh, London, Frankfurt, Frankfurt split, which is the, the bordering city um, again a lot of you might know this but just in case uh, yeah split is the like on the coast um, and then from there you can go to the islands so Thomas and I actually have a like I have a family home on an island off of split so that's where we've been going the last couple of years and that's actually where we're going to be settling down for a bit um, so we're, we're planning on doing that now the thing is right now um, from what we've seen from officials and different resources uh, you can have you can go to Croatia right now if you're living in the EU, if you're an EU citizen, um, if you can prove that you have accommodation for the duration of your stay. So you have to show confirmation of this accommodation at the border when you're going in. Other reasons that you can go uh, are funerals, to visit family, to return home, or if you live or are tending to a property somewhere or own property somewhere, um, you're also allowed to go. If this is the case for you, you do have to show land extract form, something like that, a land extract contract or something like that to prove that you have authorization to manage that property, to stay at the property, and that you potentially, if you do own it or if you're related to someone who owns it, just to prove that relation. 
So, um, yeah, I don't normally get into these kinds of things on the podcast, but I thought that given the situation and the circumstances, if some of you are trying to plan your summer holidays right now or some of you are planning to go to Europe, mainland, from the UK, these are some of the things to keep in mind from UK to Croatia. Again, we've not found cars right now that allow us to go from the UK to the French border. So meaning from the UK, as in from London to I would be. I think it's the Do- the Dover ferry port, and then from there the Eurotunnel all the way to Calais Fretin in France, and then being able to get to mainland and then drive from main, like from France to Split. So right now we're still trying to see if we can get a car from here to the French border. Um, yeah, if we can do that before flights are available on June fifteenth. By the way, then we will. If not, we're gonna have to wait till June fifteenth. As for the flights, um, that too is a bit wishy-washy right now. I We do know someone who's flying with an airline on the 7th, I believe, to Zagreb, I think. And yeah, they're doing London. London? Oh, I can't remember. But they are going to Croatia before the 15th of June, flying from here to there. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure. We told them to let us know how it happens, if it happens um, when the time comes. Um, I know that there are some, I think Croatia Croatia Airlines is starting on the 13th of June um, and EasyJet or WestJet, uh, EasyJet is on the 15th, I believe. Either way, just keep an eye out for these things. Uh, we're trying to do our best to do our research and stay up to date with all of these things. But um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're just doing our best to see what's, what's most practical for us right now and most uh, efficient. All the while, obviously, making sure that we stay as safe as possible. Um, so yeah, just in case you were looking for some of this information or just in case you want an opinion or you want to get some information from what's out there, that's what's going on right now. We're also part of a chat right now, like a Croatia travel chat that has a bunch of people where we're also getting a lot of information and different resources as well. So if you do want to get in on this or you are interested in this and you're not part of it yet, please message me and I will give you all that information if you also want more information about owning property in Croatia or wanting to visit someone somewhere in Croatia or you have family in Croatia do let me know and we can talk about that again I can't speak for every country like to every country in Europe obviously but um, I know that we can speak for Italy France Slovakia Slovenia right now Germany um, Thomas and I both have a lot of information especially Thomas actually so if you did have any questions or just want to get a second um opinion or just some insight please do not hesitate to reach out to me all right okay <laughs> so that's that's my little covid-19 special um but actually getting into the into the juice of this episode today is about branding it's about branding <laughs> changing gears here we're talking about branding particularly for i would say yoga and you know wellness well-being businesses in particular but a lot of this will apply to most businesses um I like to talk about branding because I think it's often overlooked and it's often used interchangeably with marketing and it's not the same thing, right? So people assume that like if you're a brand specialist, you're a marketing specialist and vice versa. Um, Though you can definitely be extremely, you know, talented (laughs) as a brand expert and as a marketing expert, um, the two are still separate. And whilst they do overlap or rather work together, they are still separate practices there are still separate departments in a big company for example and uh yeah it, they're, they're separate things separate missions if you will um, and separate things to think about when you're building your business so in a nutshell your branding is who you are so your business is 
that's what your values are, and anything from the vibe to the visual, and the visual to the vibe. So the visual will be everything like logo, colors, fonts, yeah, let's just say logo, you know, colors, fonts, um, yeah, let's just put that there. And then all the way to the vibe, like, is it fresh and breezy and airy? Or is it bold and, and, and you know, um, is it hot and bold and fiery and, you know, statement, you know? Or is it, uh, or is it more corporate, square and practical? And, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like architecture in a way, right? Like you can look at something and you can analyze the colors and the shapes and the, 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 the different elements of the architecture and potentially even see where which era it belongs to. But then there's also just that vibe in general, right? Like you look at a building and you don't necessarily have to have like loads of knowledge about architecture or stylistic analysis and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this building gives me that vibe or that vibe or, you know, it's very like Jane Austen or, oh, it's very, you know... um. Uh, like Harry Potter, like Hogwarts, you know, or it's very, so that's a vibe and it's based on the stylistic elements. So that's kind of what branding is, okay? And it's also kind of, if you look at your personality, you can make similar parallels. Like for example, you have brown hair and blue eyes, let's say, uh, you're tall, um, you know, and your hair is curly and you often wear it in a certain way. And you often wear certain clothes, like you have a certain style uh, and people know you for that style or your friends and family know you for that style and you have a look, right? That's kind of your brand, right? It's all the visual elements that make you, you. But then there's also your personality and there's, you know, your personality traits, your, your character traits, you know, all of that stuff. And that's kind of like the vibe that you give off. It's the person that you are. It's the way that people perceive you Um it's maybe even sometimes in the things that you don't even know you project or the things that you don't even know you are, that's your branding. I've even, I even read a quote, a quote once that said, brand, your brand is kind of like, if you compare it to who you are, it's kind of like what people would say about you when you left the room. That would be your brand, okay? So that's what you have to remember when you're thinking of even your business. The brand is who you are. So the brand is who your who your business is in a way it's like the heart of your business the personality of your business again from the visuals to the vibes all right marketing on the other hand is how your brand interacts with your audience so it's how you project this image how you communicate this image and how you target your ideal clients and basically your whole communication strategy or your whole um you want to establish yourself as an authority, for example, in your field, it will require a marketing strategy based on an effective brand strategy. So, for example, if you're trying to start a business as a yoga teacher, the first thing to figure out is what makes you stand out? What makes you you? What makes your business you? Uh, what makes your business, sorry, what makes your business unique? And what makes your business stand on its own, like stand out and stand on its own? what make your teachings different, what are you bringing to the table or what combination of experience and teaching and practice do you have that you're bringing something unique to the table. And now, obviously, we all bring something unique to the table. We're all unique, we're all different, we're all special, but I mean more than that. Not so much like, oh, I'm so different, you're so different, we're all so different. No, it's kind of like a purposeful difference, a purposeful way to stand out. It's a targeted way 
to stand out and present yourself. And then around that decision, around that stance, you create all the elements that that will support that stance. So you want to stand alone as someone who specializes in trauma-informed yoga, or you want to be someone who, um, let's say it's trauma-informed yoga, okay? So that's the first thought you get. You're like, I really love this idea of inclusivity, of trauma-informed teaching, and of this and this and this. Okay, that's a good start. Then you try to think of, for example, what would make you different than the other trauma-informed yogi who enjoys inclusivity and all of that stuff. Okay, and again, this is not a competition. This is just to see what is out there so you can find the market that's good for you. So again, it's not about taking other people's markets or competing with others. It's just about seeing what your ideal client is. Your ideal clients are waiting for you, okay? They are, and you're waiting for your ideal clients. So just look at what's around and look at what you can offer, right? Because at the end of the day, you're solving a problem, right? And you're offering something to someone. But before you even get into that marketing strategy part of your business, you want to understand the brand. Because if you don't understand your brand and you don't understand what your business is about, who your business is, you can't possibly come up with a marketing strategy that's going to be effective. Because the, the most effective marketing strategy is one that is so deeply intertwined with the brand and so clear and understood that it, it, it's just so solid, it can't fail, right? So that's, that's the kind of connection we need to make. It's sort, of like, it's sort of like if you're going to hire a lawyer or someone to do something for you for whatever reason, they need to absolutely understand every aspect of the story in order to carry out, I don't know, whatever debate it's going to be or whatever defense they're going to offer or prosecution, doesn't matter. They need to know all the facts because with all the facts, they can come up with a strategy to do what needs to be done. I don't know why I chose this as a parallel, but maybe it just helps you understand the whole idea of really needing to understand what your brand is. It is so, so, so important to understand your brand. And it's so much more than colors and fonts and, and, and you know, pictures and shapes. It's, it's about the entire vibe. So one, obviously you need both. But it's so much more than each one. Obviously, it's 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 the the sum is definitely bigger than its parts here in this case, obviously. But it's really, really, really important because you can have all the beauty you want and all the beautiful effects and all the beautiful fonts that you want. But if you if it's kind of carried out in a weird way or in a, in an inconsistent way, it won't really matter how, how nice it is. If from point A, which is like the first drawing you make for your brand, to all the way to delivery and marketing. If it's not consistent and there are a bunch of rip like of um, of breaks in this whole line of of your business, it's not going to be consistent. It's going to break. Things are going to fall through the cracks and it's going to be a mess, right? You don't want to be throwing spaghetti at the wall. You want a strategy. So in order to do this, you need to be very, very, very clear about your brand. So if you look at your brand, you think about everything that you are, everything that you're bringing to the table as an instructor or as a coach, uh, or as a business owner, you're bringing all of who you are to the table because your passion, your calling and all that you are bringing to your audience and to the world is unique because it's it's you and it's the combination of who you are and what you do and what you learned, what you've learned and what you practice, etc, etc. So 
Tap into that uniqueness. Tap in to all the things that brought you to where you are now because they will help you see where you're going and where you want to go. And so when you think of what your goals and dreams are with your business, you're starting to understand why you're in this business. You're starting to understand why you do what you do and why you want to get to where you want to get to and honestly, where you want to go. So for example, if your goal is to really combine I don't know, psychology and yoga. I'm speaking to this because that's what I do. (laughs) But my passion is to combine psychology and yoga because I want to really marry the mind and the body and the heart and all of this stuff so that there can be a holistic therapy at the end of it all, right? Um, That's what I really, really love. Now, I'm not going to get into my whole brand strategy and all that, but once you find that core value, almost like your main mission statement, things will start to fall into place because the decisions that you make after that will have a median to follow, right? There's going to be a guideline, kind of like a yeah, a guide in terms of what to focus on and what you want to really emit and what you want to communicate as a message, right? And so once you decide that, then you can also decide visually, like, what does that mean? So if you're trying to have something soothing and something therapeutic, then perhaps that should be factored into your color palette. And it should be factored into the way that you do your graphics and your fonts and this and that and all the pictures that you choose and the the whether they be pictures that you take yourself or hire someone to take or the stock images you might include in your on your website or your Instagram. Every decision that you make visually has to represent what your intention was viably, right? So we talked about visual and vibe. So all your intentions about the vibe that you want, about your mission, about your purpose, you have to translate that into the visual. And when you're doing when you're dealing with the visual, it also has to translate into the way that the vibe is being expressed, right? The kind of vibe people are going to feel. The experience, the user experience that people are going to have when they visit your Instagram or your website or when they communicate with you, you know, that is your brand. You want people to feel like when they see your content, they're like, oh yeah, this vibe. Oh, I love that vibe. It just feels so nice and fresh and happy. And that's branding. Okay. So you want to create something holistic, balanced, and all-encompassing because that is the best experience, all in all. But in order to do that, you need to be very, very clear on your visuals and your vibe. Your visuals and your vibe. Always remember, visuals, vibe. Visuals, vibe. When you're creating your content, if you're whether you're hiring someone to do your visual content or not, or whether you're doing it yourself, it doesn't matter, you're going to have to have the conversation with yourself and or this person and talk about what your vibe is what what is your mission what is your what is your 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 thing what is your style right that's going to be included in the plan for your brand strategy right so once you just once you establish all of this you'll have a clear path for your brand strategy and again when you're in doubt if you're doing your graphics just think to yourself what are my values let's say you pick five core values that you want your brand to have you want therapeutic soothing inviting um fresh and breezy you know and calming zen So you think of all that that is for yourself. You think, what does that mean? What do I feel when I see websites like that or a storefront like that? What means, what is Zen and calm for me? What seems to be Zen and calm for most people? Okay, what's inviting and welcoming? What's therapeutic? What's fresh and breezy? What's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You get what I'm saying. And you you get pictures that represent that. 
Yeah, and you put those pictures into like a mood board, okay? You don't have to be a professional graphic designer to do this for yourself. I tell my clients to do this all the time. Even if I create it for them, and even if I'm doing a graphic, uh, a branding contract with them, I still love them to help me create the brand mood board if they want to, or to create one themselves if they have the time or if they feel like it, just so that they really understand what a mood board is, yes, but also the vibe that they're going for. I don't always, I don't necessarily encourage the act of just giving them a mood board and a branding pack, a branding kit, or a brand kit, and then leaving them on their own after that to not always necessarily know what to do. So yes, they have templates and yes, they have marketing collateral, but I really want them to understand. And my clients do tend to want to understand these things. They do tend to want to participate in some way. And so they'll always think of, oh, you know, I saw this photo and it really gave me the vibe that I'm going for. You know, let's include that into the vibe. Or they have a file of pictures that remind them what vibe they're looking for in their business, on their website, in their Instagram, right? They keep a little file of reminders, right? Um, and it's kind of like Pinterest, right? You get Pinterest boards, for example, one is like all the recipes that you like, one is home decor, one is DIY projects. But at the end of the day, you're, you're choosing these boards and these pins because they're giving you the vibe that you're looking for and if it's like home decor for example or you know uh, office space and stuff like that you're going to find a pattern in what you're looking for right you're going to find a lot of the things look the same you're going to find that you do have a style you do have a consistent taste um, and yes you'll have different you know different tastes obviously in some rooms that are quite different but overall you're going to have the same taste and so I love encouraging people to kind of do that with their businesses as well. Like, what would you want your business to look like? What would you want it to, what vibe would you want it to have? If you had an office or a studio for your business, even if that's not even in your plan, doesn't matter. Pretend. If you did have a studio, what would you want it to look like, right? So all this visual play is so fun because then you can get a real idea of what you want your brand to be. Then from there, whether you're hiring a brand specialist or not, whether you're doing it yourself or hiring a designer, doesn't matter. You have this idea of what you want. It'll also help you hire the right person. And it'll also make your relationship with your employee, with your freelancer, whatever, that much better. So you want to make sure that you that you're just clear about this. Now, as a side note, obviously, I'm not implying that you need to be doing your work when you're doing work with me, or that you need to be doing this kind of work. If you hire someone, I just encourage it that extra bit. And I've always found that I like to do it as well, even though I have a team that helps me with my business. I still like to take part in the activities, obviously. <laughs> and I like to be clear about what my point is and what my goal is, because it helps my employees. And it helps it helps me be clear about it. I think it, it, everybody wins in that case, you know. Um, now, obviously, this is a, you know, a personal recommendation, but I, it, it's something worth exploring if, you know, if you fancy. So, okay. So right now, as I've said, I feel like this is, um, there's a lot of information here um, and it is really kind of hard to talk about branding in this way, I find, because it's just so visual. Um, but, you know, I, this is also why I'm going to be creating the different content that I'm creating, but we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. So, so far we've understood that branding is who you are, your brand is who you are, your brand strategy is going to be how you create that vibe that is who you are, okay? So from visual to vibe, that is your branding and your brand strategy has to be a strategy based on the visuals all the way to the vibes and everything in between, right? So that is your brand strategy, I think that the most important thing to remember when you're dealing with branding is that branding is important because one, 
It helps you remember why you're doing what you're doing, what you want to do, and where you want to go. To me, that is the most important part about branding. And it's often overlooked because people think that it's just a question of knowing what it is that you want and all of that stuff. And yes, that's true, of course. And you don't have to tie it into the visual, um, especially if you're not like a visual person or an artistic person. It might not be your reflex or the easiest thing to do. But I do think that as much as possible, try to tie it into something more tangible. Because again, even if it's not quite your brand that it ties into or the visual that it ties into or the graphics, like maybe that's just not your thing, that's fine. But the closer you get to the tangible, the closer you're going to get to being able to have a strategy. Hire someone or do it yourself, doesn't matter, but the closer you're going to get. And honestly, sometimes it's just about doing the things that are not necessarily the most fun, but that are really beneficial to our business. That's the point. Now, I happen to love branding and all of that stuff, obviously, like it's, I I love it, (laughs) but I understand that it's not for everyone. I mean, this is why I do believe that you should hire out for this kind of thing, because it's just so, so important to be clear about your branding strategy. It's just, It's just so important because it's the first thing people see, you know, it's obviously your marketing is so important as well. And these things are all very expensive things to hire for in your business. I get it. It's not easy, especially if you're, you know, a small business or you're just starting out or, you know, at any point in your in your business, in your in your time. It's it's an investment for sure. I get that. But just remember that it's so important because you're investing in who your business is. And if you're not clear on who your business is, if you're not clear on what you want to achieve with your business, then you're not going to know how to communicate any of your messages. You're not even going to be clear on what your message is, let alone how to communicate it. So being clear on how to communicate comes from being clear on what you're trying to communicate. So I mean, I don't even know how else to emphasize the importance of branding, (laughs) but it's important. And, um, And there are plenty of resources out there that explain to you why branding is important, when to know if it's time to hire someone to brand, to rebrand your business, or whether it's time to revamp your own business on your own if you want to, and if you can, then that's fine too. But definitely, definitely, definitely my biggest, biggest advice to you is to really tap into the value of your brand strategy and the part that you play in your brand strategy. So the point of this episode was not to tell you that, you know, branding is really important and you probably need to hire someone. No, the point was actually that you have so much of a say in your brand strategy. There is so much that you can offer in your brand strategy whether you're hiring or doing it yourself, like I said, doesn't matter. Your role is so important because no one understands your business better than you do. No one understands your goals better than you do. So whatever you end up choosing in terms of how to, you know, how to work on your brand strategy, understand your value in this, understand your power in this. And it's important to know this not only for your brand strategy, but then to understand the role that you have in your marketing strategy. So whilst it's nice to just hire and, you know, have it all done for you, that's all swell. But if you don't really understand what's going on, you risk hiring the wrong person and wasting so much time and money, right? And it might not even be their fault. It's just, it's no one's fault. It's just that it wasn't clearly defined and it wasn't clearly established. And so it really is a waste of time and money. And then often sometimes, you know, you often sometimes, and then what happens sometimes is that you don't notice until it's too late. And then you've wasted all of this budget for your marketing and branding or whatever you choose to hire for. And whilst, of course, there's a risk with every investment, you want to put the chances on your side, right? So it's for this reason that I really believe that 
In general, when you're thinking of hiring, you have to have some kind of solution to your problem. You need to know why you're hiring, what you're hiring for, and how this person is going to solve a problem that you have. But in order to know that, you need to take like hold yourself accountable for some of it. You need to see where you're actually headed. Because again, people can't read your mind. It doesn't matter how good the designer is. It doesn't matter how good the marketing person is. It doesn't matter. If you're not clear, they can't be clear. And if you're not clear, your marketing can't be clear. If your branding is not clear, your marketing can't be clear. If your marketing is not clear, it's because your branding might not be clear. You know, it, it just leads to so many issues. So I think that if you're thinking of of reassessing your business right now, or you're in the process of starting a new business, whatever it might be, if you were thinking about branding, or you're thinking about whether or not you need help with your brand, that means that you're already thinking about it and you're already trying to solve your problem. And that's brilliant. That's important. That's the most important part. The second thing is to realize your value and your power in this process and to use that to your advantage to create the best strategy possible, whether you hire or not. Yeah. And the third thing is to not be afraid to make the change. Sometimes, you know, we work so hard on something that we think that if we brand or rebrand or hire to help with branding and marketing, that it's going to erase all the work that we've done. But actually, no. A good branding strategy, a good marketing strategy, and a good hiree, if you do end up hiring someone, is going to be able to maximize all the work that's been done so far and turn it into something even bigger and better so that the whole thing was an investment. All the time and effort up until now and all the money. Not just the money. It's going to make everything an investment. Everything will have been an investment. So nothing will be lost. It will all have been an effort toward a greater, a, a greater, um, you know, expansion of your business, right? So that's the goal. Um, but that takes time, calculation, patience, and an actual strategy. Again, you know, it's all about strategy at the end of the day, right? So that's that's the point of this episode today is that I wanted you to understand that Whilst, yes, it is daunting, I mean, running a business is daunting, launching a business is daunting, but it doesn't have to be so overwhelming that it paralyzes you and it keeps you from doing it. There are ways to make it a lot more accessible, a lot more fun, and a lot more efficient and profitable on the long term. And that's what I help people with. That's what I love to help people with. And if you want to join our membership, that's what we talk about. We talk about uh, yoga business branding, yoga business marketing, and actually a lot of wellness and well-being businesses in general. So it's called Yoga Business Balance. You can find it on jenangela.com slash yoga business balance. Or if you want to work with me privately, you can just reach out to me and I can help you or I can refer you to someone who I think would be a good fit for you if I don't think that, or if we don't think that we're a good fit for each other, then I can refer you to someone who might be a better fit for you. Um, if you're not ready to work one-on-one or you're not ready to do this kind of work or to invest like that right now, then I really do encourage you to check out Yoga Business Balance. Um, I I just I just feel like it's a good place to start. It's a you know you pay monthly. It's a monthly membership, and you just get an idea of well, first of all, the difference between branding and marketing, and just the different ways that you can be clear about your branding and your marketing. And these are things that are always evolving in your business, right? You're never just like finished with your branding or finished with your marketing. Your business evolves with you, with your teachings, with any certifications that you get, any experiences you have, the different clients that you meet, right? We're always evolving so that we can serve our clients as best as as the best we can and really develop ourselves as therapists, yoga instructors, coaches, whatever. 
um, we're always looking to get better, right? So it's never just like, well, I'm finished now, so that's sorted. Like, not really, right? It's always ever-changing, which is why I created the membership. I didn't want there to be like this sense of being locked in and then you don't know what to do after, right? I wanted to create something that could allow you to have help and support over the long term and a membership that can grow with you and your business and actually serve you now and later on. Um, obviously, you can cancel any time, but I wanted to create something that would allow you to still benefit uh, throughout, you know, the entirety of, of your business, perhaps, potentially. Why not? Right. So that's why I created that. Um, naturally, if none of that is, is interesting to you, <laughs> then I hope this episode was helpful for you. Um, and again, if you have any questions, I mean, obviously, just just reach out on my Instagram, you know where to find me, Jen.Angela, or reach out to me on our Facebook group. If you want to join our Facebook group, uh, it's called Set Boundaries and Succeed After Narcissistic Abuse. Uh, that's our private Facebook group. Um, on Instagram, you can find me there or you can find me at Connect Home Yoga. I put all the links in the show notes for you so there's no confusion. You don't have to memorize all of this or stop what you're doing and write anything down. Absolutely not. All the links are always in the show notes. And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll help you as much as I can. Um, I hope that this was helpful today. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope that the COVID information was helpful too. If, if, you, if you have any questions about that, please do not hesitate to ask me. Um, that's it for me today. Until next time. Namaste.